Before we start this week's podcast, I just want to give a quick trigger warning. This game does tackle issues such as depression, anxiety and mental health, so we will be touching on those things in this episode. But with that being said, we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How art thee today? I'm quite well. I um, I, I was looking just before we started recording uh, something that I don't... Well, you're probably not aware of. Um, but we're, we're recording this on Tuesday the 17th of August in the year 2021. I was having a look through our Instagram feed earlier and a year and a day ago we released our episode on a link to the past no oh. not that that's a massive thing but it just it seems like a lifetime ago that we did we did that first Zelda game yeah it feels really far away but at the same time it doesn't feel like we've been doing the podcast that long if you know no. but this is what game game 49 now isn't it yep we are one away from number 50 it's mad because i remember when we um we did the first episode and um james friend of the podcast um i think he listened to the gta one and he said here's to the next 99 and now (laughs) we're at number 49 it just seems a little bit crazy yeah it is and if you stuck along with us we applaud you we thank you for putting up with us and we hope you're enjoying it so as you said it was number 49 on the metacritic well number 49 on our uh episodes of the metacritic list and for episode 49 we are looking at number 57 on the metacritic list which is celeste now celeste was released in 2018 with a meta score of 94 um so where did you play celeste for this episode i played this on the nintendo switch i i I did think that i had it elsewhere um, but it t- turned out I didn't. I, th- I thought I might have bought it a few years ago, but no. So this was um, this was my first time playing it on the Switch, mostly in handheld mode. Because as you know, I'm uh, I'm more of a fan of playing handheld with the Switch rather than docked mode. But yeah, yeah it was a nice like little game play, for the Switch. You like to play with stuff on in the background, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Just that I can dip in and out of. I mean, when we get to bigger games on the Switch, like Breath of the Wild and stuff, I think that one will really be for docked mode. Um, I, I can't imagine myself playing that in handheld too much. But yeah, for for a game like this, for an indie game or smaller games or games like I've mentioned Stardew Valley a few times, um, they're perfect for handheld mode, I think. So yeah, I played this one on the Switch. What about you? I also played it on the Switch. Um, when I when I first so a bit of bit of history for you, I, I first played this game straight after it came out. I saw all the rave reviews it was getting. When when did it come out again? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, and um, I was in Vietnam at the time, and I bought it on my Switch in Vietnam digi- digitally, and I completed it in handheld, and I thought this time. Um, I'd do it in docked mode um, just to see obviously the pro controller is a bit more responsive and I know that this game can be quite frustrating at times so I thought I'd save myself the frustration and I'll do it with the pro controller 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so I played it played it on Switch again. Um, I think you can get this game on Game Pass, but yeah, it's available on most uh, most platforms. And what did you what did you what what were your your off the top of your head thoughts of the game? It's it's an interesting game. It's it's a very tight game. I found, and even though I've never played it, it gave me. Word. It it gave me thoughts of Super Meat Boy. I've never played Super Meat Boy, but it's a similar kind of gameplay style. It's got to be very precise platforming. It also, when I first started the game, I didn't think I was going to get on with it, but as it went on, with most platformers, the story isn't usually a big element to it, but with this one it's quite important and there's quite a lot of profound stuff in this game that rang quite close to home for me. Um, so overall, like initial thoughts, I enjoyed this game. It was sometimes frustrating, but I, I walked away feeling better off for having played it, I think. I mean, obviously, like you say, you've played this before, but what, what were your thoughts walking away this time? Yeah, I think second time playing it, I appreciated it even more. I knew what I was getting myself into and I just think this game in its in its challenge in its themes in the way it presents itself really taps into something and sometimes games are just about challenge this game is about overcoming the challenge this game uh, th- this is a perfect way that someone put it that that was not me <laughs> this game wants you to complete it this game is always pushing you forward yeah um if you if you happen to to die you in seconds you are back at the beginning of the screen and it's really hard to put down in that way so you think oh I'll just give it a go this time and it's one of those games that it's hard to put down and if you're playing late at night and you're tired and you keep dying <laughs> Um, sometimes it's best to put it down and replay again in the morning, but mm. it's really hard to do that because it's just so snappy and yeah. it wills you forward. And uh, obviously the story plays into that as well. So yeah, I, I find that that combination of challenge and reward and the feeling you get when you do. I mean, some sometimes when you're first doing something, one of some of the uh, platforming segments in this game, um, you feel like, how am I ever going to get this? How am I ever going to get that button combination perfect to get through this? Because some of them are really complex. Yeah. And then you do, and you think, okay, that feels really good. Um, so I think they've really nailed that that feeling of uh, challenge reward, and it taps into some. Yeah, and it really just speaks to the fact that you don't need to have all these all these layers and. Um, convoluted stuff in your game to create these these really quite simple but rewarding feelings um so you mentioned the plot and the themes and how this game kind of um spoke to you um do you reckon you can give us the plot in a very concise 30 seconds sure um just to confirm before we carry on how are we pronouncing her name in this uh, this podcast? Is it Madeline or Madeline? Madeline. Madeline. Okay, fine. Yes. So the game Madeline of... is spelled differently to Madeline. Ah, well, that'll be why we pronounce it as Madeline, then, won't it? Because so... I think Madeline's I N E, whereas Madeline is is it E I N E? 
any Madelines or Madelines that are listening, please let us know. Um, <laughs> so that the plot of this story is it revolves around a girl called Madeline who, for some reason or another, decides that she wants to do something and she wants to climb something called Celeste Mountain. Uh, she isn't a mountain climber. She's like mid-twenties and the mountain is said to do quite funny things to people. It's quite a strange place. And as you progress up the mountain, Madeline comes to kind of terms with her own anxieties, her own panic attacks, her own struggles, and kind of her alter ego, which I know the community is kind of dubbed Badeline. And it's about basically climbing a mountain. Uh. That's that's the plot. It's about climbing a mountain and overcoming the challenge that that brings, but also overcoming the challenge that's within you as well, the, the things that hold you back, I'd say. Yes, I would agree. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I'm correct about that Madeline thing, but uh, oh, well, I'm sure we'll get corrected. Quite. Um, as I said, brain dead. That's yes. my excuse for everything during this episode. Um, yeah, climbing the mountain. Um, I find that, I don't know, I find, I find the idea of um, mountain climbing interesting. I mean, I've climbed a few volcanoes. I've climbed a few small mountains. Um, certainly not anything major. But uh, I always find the idea of people climbing Everest fascinating. And I, I watched um, watched a, a documentary recently called Sherpas, which is about uh, the people, people that, that the, take the them native, up, yeah, the native people that that um, basically facilitate these trips to the top of Everest for all the rich people. Um, and it it's it's quite a, it's 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 really strange because. In this in this documentary, a bunch of Sherpas die, and obviously they're very spiritualist people, and um, they believe that Everest was never meant to be climbed, never meant to be conquered, and um, just the idea of climbing a mountain. I think it's a it's a very it can be a very powerful thing, and it's not something that you do very often in games, and it's also not something that games aren't always good at expressing heights and often in a game when you want to reach a height you can get up there within minutes but obviously if you climb something in real life it takes hours and hours and hours um, one thing I think this game does well is it really gives you that sense of ascent climbing and it takes time and it feels like you're really getting higher and higher and higher um, there's a few other games I think do it quite well there's a game called Cursed Mountain on the Wii um, funnily enough, that's a horror game where you're climbing a mountain. I thought that did climbing of a mountain really well. So I really, so that 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 side of things really appealed to me. Um, the idea of climbing this mountain. So I was I was kind of hooked from the beginning. It, and then you've it, got it this, this... Into the theme as well, doesn't it? The climbing of yeah. the mountain. It's it's overcoming something within yourself as well. Um... Exactly. So you reach the peak and you reach your your peak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a sexual innuendo. <laughs> no, quite right. <laughs> oh no! Oh, we've gone off the rails. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, um, that's probably the first time that anyone has ever married up the idea of Celeste with somebody's sexual peak. Um, so that, that's that, that's an industry first. There, you heard it here first. Um, so, when you're actually playing this game, we, I think we've touched on it a bit. But what what do you do? So what 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 does the game 
consist of? It's it's a platform to screen. Yeah, it's, right. it's it's a platformer. So it's um, very similar to the layout of Super Meat Boy. It's about getting from one side of the screen to the other, um, and you've got as many goes as you want. You're, you're going to die a lot in this game, and it's basically about climbing, running, jumping, and you also have a um, a skill which is basically like a double jump or like a boost. Um, which getting to grips with that is imperative to kind of making good progress on this game. Because if you don't, if you can't use that, then you're not getting anywhere. Um, so it's it's a platformer basically, two D. And how would it how would it compare to a game that we also played recently, which is Braid? Um, to people that don't know, it's very it's a similar setup to Braid in terms of that it's it's a two D platformer, but this one is a lot more bare bones it's a, it's a lot more sprite based whereas braid was obviously very rich in its art and its design of its characters whereas celeste is it looks a bit like a, an snes game really there's you know the, the, there's the differences in terms of gameplay as well obviously braid and celeste are very different games in terms that braid is time time bending based mechanics and and celeste isn't um but i'd say the similarities there are that they're both indie games and they're both 2d side scrollers that's uh, 2d platformers but that's probably where i draw the line yeah i'd agree with that i think braid challenges you to solve puzzles mentally and yeah. um challenges your mind whereas celeste trial and challenges out. your trigger finger or your mm. your jumping and your twitch gaming yeah um yeah, so I think they're they're quite different games, but yeah, it's just interesting that we played Braid not not so long ago, and it's very fresh in my mind. So um, the comparisons are, are are not there really, but um, it's interesting to play it so soon afterwards. Um, so on to our ever-present feature gameplay is king. Is Celeste fun to play? Yeah, it's fun. It's frustrating, but you get a real sense of accomplishment as and when you do make progress, especially if you've been stuck on a certain bit for, you know, five, 10 minutes and you finally make it to where it is you need to go. It is fun. Um, it's the, the way that it's kept fun though is because the, the gameplay doesn't ever really change. It's just getting from one side of the screen to the other, but it's the level design and the different environments that you go into that make it fun. I'd say, um, but yeah, it, it is frustrating, but the challenge is there, which keeps it fresh. Yeah, and and, and the environments change around you a bit. So, so so you mentioned the the thing where you can double jump um, or the boost jump, whatever it's called. Um, but there's a, there's a, there's a power up that you get in later levels, which uh, refreshes that for you, um, and it's really necessary for some things. So you might be mid jump, you hit the power up. And you've got both your jumps back again. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really useful. And then there's there's other bits where there's blocks that um, if you are standing on top of them or to the side of them, um, you can manipulate manipulate the way that they move. And they're really important to getting through some levels. So there, there are some tweaks here and there. Um, and then there's a level which is very windy. So your jumps go much farther and uh you have to really adjust to that mm. so there's a bit of um that mario ethos of design here where you something is introduced and by the end of the level 
you really having to uh, get used to that and hone your craft at it, and it gets really challenging. Um, see, this is this is closer to Mario than something like Braid, for example. It's that 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 kind of design. Um, I'd agree. I think it's it's fun to play. Definitely challenging. Um, at times frustrating. There's something very responsive about the controls, and I mean, there's something appealing even right now. I think of starting a level you're on a you're on a, a steady platform and just that first jump off there's something really appealing about that and just how responsive it all is and um, it, it, then it's, there's... it's tight isn't it it's a very tightly crafted game yeah uh, yeah it's, it's just one of those games well that's what it is it's, it's one of those games that's fun to do the things that you can do you might not have hundreds of moves but jumping is fun um so if it gets those things right it is fun to play um what about your favorite bit so i mean so it's not easy to say a favorite bit with this game because as we said there's not there's not that much is there anything that you found to be your favorite thing i think to be honest i think i think it's the relationship with uh the alter ego uh, like I said earlier, dubbed by the community is Badalin. Um, th- uh, kind of with in the first hour or so of the game, Madeline comes up across a mirror, and her alter ego, who looks basically like this gothic version of her, comes out and taunts her throughout the game. And throughout, Madeline's trying to get this being to go away and to leave her alone and to, to not come back. Until she realizes that this this being is part of her, and she isn't trying to fight Madeline or to try to dissuade her from going up the mountain because she she hates her. She's doing it because she's scared, and I think the relationship between the two is quite profound. In that Madeline finally realizes that she can't get rid of this person, nor does she want to. It's just a case of working together to be able to overcome the the challenge. And it's about accepting herself and accepting that she isn't perfect and there are elements to her that she doesn't particularly like. But instead of fighting them and making everything worse, if she works alongside them, everything becomes a lot more manageable and a lot easier. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, to be honest. Um, because... The alter ego is a pain for the first over half of the game. You know, constantly trying to chase you down and if she touches you, you you're dead. So I really liked that. It, it that, that moment comes after quite a lengthy, I suppose you call it a boss battle. But once you get there, it's a bit of a light bulb moment. Well, it was particularly a light bulb moment for me, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that bit. Um, I think it was very well handled. What about you? When you when you see alter egos, doppelgangers in games, usually they don't turn out to be a part of yourself that you have to come to accept. They're either evil or yeah, um, got their own agenda. So yeah, it was it was a nice play on that, and that that boss fight can be very frustrating. But when you get to the end of it, yeah, you kind of realise and it just clicks. Um, I think it's uh, it's hard to say 
I mean, we're going to talk about levels later. Um, so maybe I'll save my favourite bit for that. I think I will. So, um, so what do they say? Hold, hold this, tight. I don't know. Yeah, hold on tight for <laughs> thrilling reveal. Um, okay, so, I mean, we've touched on the themes. Are, are there any other themes that you think um, this game does well? And how does... How does this game? So we've got these these themes of depression, these these themes of overcoming adversity. But does this game handle them well? Because obviously these are very delicate themes that often get very misrepresented in media. So does this game do a good job of exploring them? In my opinion, it does. But with things like depression, anxiety, and, and mental illness. It's incredibly subjective to the person that is experiencing it. And I mean, you know, and anyone that knows me personally knows that I've struggled with depression and anxiety in the past. And it's still something that snakes up on me every now and then. Um, And it can be quite hard to deal with. And I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a millennial, chances are that you've either experienced something along those lines or you know someone that has. It's just statistics that a lot of people around our age have struggled or do know someone that struggled with, you know, depression or anxiety or panic attacks or mental illness. And I think for me, it is handled well. And any game that I play that touches on not even, you know, mental illness, but just has something a little bit deeper. So you've got games like um, Gone Home or... What Remains of Edith Finch, which aren't throwing all of that stuff in your face from the get-go, but they're thematically there throughout. And, I mean, one of one of my favourite parts of it, and I think was handled very interestingly, is once you get towards the top of the mountain, Madeline and the guy that she's going up there with in Bits and Bobs called Theo, they, they camp... Um, towards the summit and they they talk for quite a while about the reason that they're going up in their family and why they're doing it and Madeline has quite a bad panic attack which is brought on by the alter ego to the point where Madeline tries to get rid of the alter ego um, to such a point that the alter ego just throws it down the mountain and all of the progress that's made is lost and it's a case of starting again and you know building your way back up to the top and i think that's very much a big thing with mental illness is that you can feel that you've made quite a quite an important turn or you've made progress on something and then one thing can just happen and it all comes tumbling down around you and that there's no particular for me anyway i don't think there's ever any particular end goal for dealing with things like depression or anxiety it's very much a constant journey and things will pull you back down to the bottom but it's a case of picking yourself back up again and moving back up to where you were and progressing further and further each time and I think that part of the game really spoke to me in terms of the journey that Madeline makes, the, the journey that she's taken, where she's come from and where she's got to, and the the journey coming full circle towards the end when she realises that 
you know, even though there are parts of her that she doesn't like, she couldn't have got to where she was. She couldn't have reached the summit without those parts of her. Um, and yeah, I, I think they were handled well. Nothing's perfect. And like I said, it is all subjective. But as someone that has had those struggles in the past and continues to do so occasionally, it's nice to see it done in a game, like not just in a film or in a TV show or written in an article or on the news. It's it's nice to see it given a bit of a, a, a light shone on it in video games. Um, you know, that really shows that you know, it's okay to not be all right. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. But, you you know, sometimes some days are darker than others. But you, you'll get, get back to where you need to be. Um, so, yeah, that that's a big reason why I enjoyed this game, I think. Because it just, I feel it handled it well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's, it's actually unusual for games. I mean, mm. as we said, we're on to game 49 on this list. And we've not had a conversation like this before. And I mean, that, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? About the games on this list. That actually very few times do we actually touch on anything that you could say is real. Um, that are real feelings that people feel. Yeah. And and and, and I think that, that makes this game really stand out. I think... The game deals with these themes sensitively um, and there is no agenda here. It's not trying to get you to think a certain way about having depression, not having depression. No. Um, and there's no judgment here. It's It feels like an observation. And I, what I wrote down um, to me, because I think to some people, I think... You could look at this game and you could say it's a very simplistic view of what depression is. Um, yeah, definitely. But I, what I wrote down, um, because I think that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. No. Now, what I wrote down was that it manages to distill depression into something that most people can relate to. It may not speak to every person 100%, but it definitely spoke to me. Um, yeah. I, I, I get bouts of anxiety at times and it definitely I could I could relate to it and judging by the way it was received I think it probably speaks to a lot of people and I just think it's nice isn't it because even in 2021 the idea of depression and anxiety and mental health they still have a bit of a stigma to them and mm. people don't want to talk about it. People are afraid to talk about it. But then you've got games like this that encourage people to talk about it. And the the mountain, the metaphor of the mountain is perfect for that. Because as you said, it's an uphill battle. And you may be at one point near the, near, near the peak. <laughs> oh dear. And at some point you may be near, near the bottom. Yeah. And then you may go back up. And then, yeah, it's it's about... <laughs> That's life, isn't it? Life is never easy. It's it's always about... I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to work it out at the age of 31. Um, quite what life is. But 
yeah, it's it's in its in its simplicity, it suggests something far more complex. And I think yeah, it's I think it's very well done, and I don't think it loses anything from being something that is distilled and something that lots of people can look into and say, well, that's depression, isn't it? And uh, I think you may experience it differently, but I think there's something in there that you can you, you, you can probably relate to. Obviously, that doesn't apply to everyone. No. And that's fine. But I, I, I agree that it also spoke to me to a degree as well. And um, I thought it's bold and refreshing. And I enjoy the themes uh, that it covers. Um, yeah, nice to have a conversation like that in the middle of a podcast. Um, I mean, we we haven't had many games that have allowed us to speak like that. So yeah, nice. Hopefully yeah, I, I you got something out of that too. Yeah, the, the, these games don't come along very often. And there's there's another game that I haven't played that... I've wanted to play for a couple of years, but I just don't know if I've quite got it in me to do so. Um, hold, hold that thought because oh, with this link into the question, question of the week. week, yeah, which you, you don't know what it is, no, I but okay. I, I think I think it will be a good time to to bring that up. All right. Um, okay, so onto the visuals of this game. You, you mentioned, did you say it was a NES like quality or a Super Nintendo like Super quality? Nintendo? It, it's sprite based, isn't it? Yeah. So, what do you think of them? Is it, is it an attractive game? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's it's an indie game. And whenever I think of indie games, I think of visual design like that. Um, and I mean, it's designed like that. It's, it's designed in a very specific way to look as it does. You know, it's not like it's been done like that because that's all the creators were capable of. I think the fact that it is visually designed the way that it is lends itself well to the kind of game that it is and it's not like it's like sprite sprite games aren't ugly you know you can get some very good looking sprite based games and this game does have um parts of it that are incredibly pretty um but as well as that it does have bits that don't look as amazing but i don't think it matters with this game because it is more about the gameplay and the message rather than the presentation but it still looks good if that makes sense i i love the look of this game i just find it refreshing again and i don't play that many sprite based games but i i I really like the look of this game i think it it's a very nice looking game i wouldn't say i mean yeah i I just wouldn't say that i'd say that the art style really lends itself to again the, the the themes of the game and the idea of climbing the mountain I do think there's one quite big flaw sometimes with the visuals, and that is sometimes it's hard to read them. And what I mean by that is there are parts of a level sometimes that will kill your character. Yeah. And if you touch them, it will kill your character. And sometimes they don't stand out as much as you uh, from the background. Not always very like. clear. Yeah. And because this game requires such quick reactions... It really requires you to read that screen and the visuals on that screen very quickly to take it in all the time. And sometimes those things don't register. So there's sometimes where I was just getting caught on the same bit of scenery because to me, in my very quick reading of the screen, it didn't register and it just blended too much with the background. So that I think is a flaw. 
Um, but apart from that, I do think it's a very pleasing game to look at. Mm. Um, how about the sound? Yeah, the, the sound, um, again, standard for an indie game. It's got good music, and I'd put this on the same kind of level as Undertale. It, th- th- there are a lot of comparisons I can draw between Celeste and Undertale, to be honest. And I was actually listening to um, to some of the music on YouTube earlier today. Uh, I- I'm off work this week, so I've just been doing a few other bits and bobs, and I was having a flick through YouTube and some Celeste music came up, like just some relaxing music from Celeste to have on in the background. And it is very easy to listen to, and it's very much a soundtrack that you can just unwind to and relax and have it make you feel at ease. Another element to the sound is the voices. Um, And I kind of, I think the voices in this game are quite funny. Um, I think they're somewhat similar to the voices in Animal Crossing. Um, which just always make me chuckle a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Again, I, I mean, I I love I love the soundtrack as well. I think this soundtrack is really good because not only is it a nice soundtrack anyway, it's just a really good soundtrack to listen to. I agree with that. But it fits the climbing of the mountain. It's fast-paced enough to keep you moving, um, but it's also relaxing enough to not make you feel like you're under pressure. Yeah. And then it ramps it up when it needs to, and it pulls it back down when it needs to. I think it's a very clever soundtrack, and I also love the uh, the, the the sound, <laughs> the the voices. I think they're great. Um, and, and and that brings me to something that I I'd not really written down, but actually this game is is a funny game. It's got yeah, some witty dialogue. Definitely. Um, you you've got the character models, and you've got these voices that the that the characters have. It's a funny game, and. It's not making fun of anything. No. But it's it's light and it's... It's like um, you say, it's witty. Yeah, and it's accessible. And yeah, I just feel like they, they've really struck a delicate balance between the themes, what this game is, what this game is exploring, but also the humour. And I think it's not easy to get right, but they've, they've really hit that mark with that, I think. Mm. So yeah. on to the levels... And we've 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 not really spoken much about the levels. So, so do you want to talk a bit about the the, the variance of levels? Yeah, I mean, as as you progress through the game, the levels obviously change to kind of coincide with the the height of the mountain that you're you're getting up to. And at first, it starts quite easy, and you're just doing basic platforming. And then the second level, um, it gets a bit more difficult. The third level, I think, is the the hotel, isn't it? Um, yeah. And the hotel is in itself just a complete chaotic mess um and i think it marries up to the the personality and the the energy that the the hotel um concierge Proprietor. mr yeah 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 mr osahiro is it osahiro you pronounce it oshiro oshiro um it's very much the environment marries up to his mental state and the way that he puts himself across. Uh, and as you get further up the mountain, the levels change even more. Uh, a standout bit, even though it's at the end of a level, was the um, was the the cart, um, the cable car, was the word oh, I was yeah. looking for. When Madeline suffers her her worst panic attack um, of the game, and they are very varied. And then at the at, at, towards the end once you know the the alter ego's 
knocked you down, you have to start climbing again and you go through smaller versions of all of the levels that you've completed. So it gets more and more difficult as you go up. Um, but I think the difficulty spike is in line with the progress that you make in the game. Nothing ever feels impossible. And the different levels are they're, they're unique, I'd say. that they're, they're interesting. And it also very much marries up as well to the... Um, the, the the theme of what I said at the start of this podcast where it's noted that Celeste Mountain is weird. It can do strange things to people. It, it's not a normal place. So I think that the level design and the, the environments very much suit that, that background of the mountain and the the difficulty spikes in the levels. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is where I want to share my favourite bit, bit of the game. Yeah, and that is right near the very end of the game. Um, you've 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 got, as you say, you've got this this last level, which is um, ascending the whole mountain again, going through the stages, um, and you get to the very final bit, and you get these distance markers, and they count backwards, um, so you're getting all the way to the peak of the mountain, and it feels like it's it's uh i mean you get to say you get to number 13 and you think oh 12 is just that far away and it wills you onwards yeah and i love that and it's this it's this long stretch without load scenes with these with these uh distance markers counting down and when you get to three and then to two and then to one it feels really special yeah it feels like it feels like you actually have climbed a mountain that's what it feels like uh, in game form and i just love that i just think it's such a it's, it's such a small thing but it makes such a big difference so i really that really struck me when i first saw that and and again playing it for the second time um i think it's just a really nice little touch that it's just another example of this game willing you to the end and uh, yeah. wanting you to to summit the mountain with with what you say about willing you to the end as well i think something else that we haven't mentioned yet that i think is quite important with this the death game. counter the what the what the death counter the death counter as well for sure but something that not all games have um which is the assist mode and i mean i i used it after i completed the game for a bit just to see what it was like did you use it at all no, I've I've heard about it in reviews, and I've heard that it's very, very. Um, you can really tailor it to your needs, and and I think that's very good. Yeah, so you can either make yourself invincible. Um, you can give yourself unlimited boosts for when you're going through the air, and I think for something like that in this game, I really like it. I, I'm not. No, I. I won't say that because I don't think I fully agree with what I'm saying. Um, are, you, are you going to talk about challenging games and that some games? Yeah, and you and me. I know, have, yeah, yeah, I know the conversation anyway. Yeah, you and me have mentioned quite a few times that we we um, we both watch and listen to Jim Sterling, and Jim Sterling has brought this up quite a lot of times that people will kick off at the idea of assist mode or cheat modes being in a game because they don't think that people should be allowed to cheat because it could ruin the experience of the game for them. And I was about to kind of defend the position of 
Like, well, yeah, not all games should have them, but thinking about it, I think they should. Like, they shouldn't be there on the main menu as something that you can just do. But if people want to experience the game and they're struggling with it, or you know, it isn't as accessible as it could be for you know everyone then I don't see a problem with things like that being in a game. And I watched a video today uh, discussing the assist mode, and the, the guy that made the video on YouTube said the good thing about the one with, on Celeste is that it fully explains what the assist mode is to you before you get into it. So you know exactly what you're doing, you know exactly what you're, what you're getting in for with it. And... If an assist mode helps more people access a game that they may not have been able to access or they may not have been able to get through or complete and they're able to experience the whole thing, then I think that's amazing. And I think more games should have it. The Last of Us Part 2 was... Yeah, um, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah it they was... They had a great... It was the accessibility. Accounts, it was a brilliant... Yeah, it was yeah. the accessibility stuff for The Last of Us Part 2. I don't know if there was anything in terms of changing the gameplay, i.e. making it so that Ellie or Abby was invincible or anything like that, but it had a lot of accessibility options that made it a lot more manageable for people that aren't able to access uh, games as freely as other people might be. So, you know, not all games have it, only a few do, but more of that, please, because I think it just makes everything more accessible to everyone. And the more people that can play games and experience these stories, the better, particularly one as important as this one. Yeah, I agree. I think um, we all know that there there can be an elitist aspect yeah, of course. to gaming and gamers. And my, my opinion slash advice is you do you. Yeah. If you want to play a hard game, play a hard game. And if, if there are options to make it easier for some people, more accessible for some people. Brilliant. Do you? It doesn't matter yeah. to you, does it? So exactly, it doesn't. It literally doesn't affect anyone else unless you're playing exactly. online. Exactly. At which point, but there's this hive mind thing in gaming that people have to all adhere to one thing or believe one get thing. Get good. If you don't. We're gonna we're gonna talk to you until you do. Quite. There you go. Gaming is a funny place. It is. Um, speaking of accessibility and difficulty and challenge i didn't i hadn't put this in the original notes but i just thought it'd be uh interesting what do you think was the hardest bit of the game for you um i think the later levels really once you get used to the platforming and the use of the the boost and stuff and later on you get kind of the double boost when um the alter ego merges with you but i think for me, it's the later levels and how frustrating it can be not being able to do something. This is a hard game, but once you have looked at a level for a couple of seconds, yeah. you're probably going to know what you need to do. But it's not always as easy as just putting that into action. So I think for me, the hardest element of this game is the, the frustration that comes with it and maintaining the momentum to actually carry on. Because it can beat you down sometimes, and you said it to me before we started. Pl- well, just after I started playing, and it's brought up one of the load screens yeah. as well that you should wear your deaths as a badge of honor. Um, you know, because each death takes you closer it's to about, 
the the goal that you're getting to and it is all about, about trial and error with this and game it wants you to persevere and mm. overcome and yes which again yeah, links in with the themes of the game i i agree i think the the latter part of the game and uh, the last level particularly is the most difficult because this is the part of the game where Solid. i mean early on in the game you've got one screen to get across but by the end of the game you've got multiple screens yes. that you have to get across um without making a mistake and sometimes the game will give you a, a snippet beforehand where you can actually view what you've got ahead um and yeah you, it takes a few seconds for you to figure out what you're doing but sometimes figuring out what you've got to do and where you've got to go and where you've got to cling to um because this game also has clinging and then you you run out of stamina and you slip down um you've you've got to actually do it sometimes figuring it out is 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 five percent of the battle but actually having the the skill to do it and to move forward is um is a really big part of the, the the battle and a final thing to do with the challenge of the game if you've completed the game you've done a fraction of it there are b sides and c sides and some people are insanely insanely good at this game and they can get through the whole game without dying and yeah speedruns and stuff yeah it's it, it, like some of the some of the strawberries in the game because the, the, the game the game levels are filled with strawberries which are there as challenges kind of like side challenges and they and you can you can pick them up and you unlock a different cutscene at the end if you get a certain amount of them and they're really there to entice you to to try them and some of them uh, especially towards the, the end of the game i was like nope yeah not doing that 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so some some people are really good at this game and there's a lot of challenge there. If you, if you want a game them. to be challenging, if that's what you're looking for, this game is very good for that and it gives you a lot of replayability yeah. and um, to dive in, really. Um, okay, on to the question of the week. Um, so the question of the week is, Celeste, as we have discussed, explores the theme of depression. Um, and alluding back to what you said earlier, can you think of other games that do a good job of tackling themes less often seen in the medium. Yeah, so the, the game that I was going to mention, and as I was saying, it isn't something that I've played before. It's been on my radar for about three or four years, but I've just never had the prob probably the balls to actually play it because I know that it will kind of break me a little bit. And I, I don't know if it's something you've played or even heard of, uh, but it's a game called That Dragon Cancer. Have you heard of it? Never heard of it. So... I'm not sure how many consoles it's on. I think it's on. Um, I think you can get it on Steam, and I think you can get it on um, Android and iPhone as well. But it was, I believe, anyway. Like I said, I've not played it. I've, I'm only going off stuff that I've heard about. It's a game that was developed by um, a, a grieving parent about them having a baby and the baby having cancer, and the game is primarily about their experience and their their time with their child before um the child did did pass away and it's their the, the game being made is part of their um journey and the way that they're dealing with their grief because you know they say that that grief is something that can be can be handled by 
creativity you know some of the the best pieces of art um whether that's music writing film or or game are created by people that are grieving or people that are dealing with things like addiction and i've i've seen a few clips of people on youtube i know um not someone that i watch i don't think you watch him either but uh, jack jack septicai the irish uh, let's play oh yeah i know that he did a let's play of it quite a few years ago and it made him incredibly emotional and as something that you know everyone knows someone or, or has an experience of, of hearing about someone with cancer and cancer is something that really really scares me and it's the main reason that i quit smoking a few years ago and i think for a game to just straight up deal with one something like cancer and two the grief of losing an infant child i don't think there's anything else like that and it is something that i really want to play and experience because i'm talking about that game now in this podcast as someone that hasn't experienced it but i just know that playing that game i just haven't got the um i haven't got the balls to do that yet because i just know that it will break me do you know what i mean yeah it sounds really yeah quite hard hitting and yeah, yeah. i mean but it's important that yeah. those games exist. Um, oh yeah, definitely. And you know, I think I mean, with more and more indie creators and more and more, you know, solo devs having bigger platforms now, games like that, you'd never see a AAA industry um, company make something like that. But no, the fact that as, we do have as, um... creators making that makes the it's better for everyone because it helps them deal with whatever it is they need to deal with but at the same time it's, it's good for us as well because we get to experience something that is probably quite profound and quite important and you know might be able to help other people not just the creators of in this case that game yeah and and you do get you do get some triple a games that that deal with things but they they yeah. kind of maybe hollywoodize it a bit and make it um like Spec Ops Align. Um, it, it deals with something very different, doesn't it? But I think that game does have some... I like that game. So and, do and I. I think that game does does a does a good job of... I mean, yeah, sometimes sometimes a game like Spec Ops Align, it can have its themes and it can do quite a good job with them, but sometimes it feels like Preaching. it's hitting you over the head with like this moral cautionary tale. Yeah, and of course. It's it's kind of quite obvious what it's doing. Yeah, the white phosphorus scene being. The, yeah, uh, and it doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. It doesn't mean it's not got something to say. Hundred percent. It just means that maybe the way that it's saying it could have been pulled back just a little bit. There's a fine line um, between a message and a preach. Yeah, and I mean, where where are we playing MGS three for the podcast at the moment, mm. and um, not MGS three necessarily, but. Metal Gear Solid. There, there are some 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 ideas in that that <laughs> Kojima really likes to hammer home um, with a, with a sledgehammer and a, or a mallet. Um, mm, so yeah. so yeah. Some sometimes people fall. I mean, I've got some examples of um, games that. I mean, I think in a Hollywoodized version, but it still does a nice job. 
is uh, The Last of Us 2 dealing with its idea of revenge. Grief and revenge. I think it does a nice job. Yeah. And it kind of... It subverts your expectations to a degree. I don't think it's... um, I don't think it's the Schindler's List of... No. Of uh, of gaming. Um, But, yeah, I think it does a nice job. And I think it's a very interesting game. And even after all this time, I mean, we played that last year, I still haven't really come to grips with how I feel about that game. No. I do want to play it again at some point, but... Yeah, I I haven't entirely grasped... Yeah, it's a very very harrowing game. And... um, so another one. This is a game that really has fallen out of favour with the general public, but it still does things well. Some things well. So Heavy Rain, that nowadays is known as the um, as the quick time event game, as the game that really doesn't do a very good job with the way it treats some of its female characters. Jason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the, the the thing that that game does do well, I think is the idea of loss and how it destroys a family. Yeah. And I, I always remember that scene um, after... Is it Sean or Jason that dies? It's Jason that dies. So, yeah, after after Jason dies and he's at his, he's at his home, his new home, which is nowhere near as nice as his old it's home. It's like a shack. His son it? Sean's there doing homework. He doesn't want to do his homework. And... It feels empty, like everything feels empty about it, and I think it really taps into something there in those mundane moments that really aren't supposed. I mean, in its big dramatic beats, it really falls flat, but in those moments of quiet, I think it still does quite a nice job. Um, so, probably rightly so, it's fallen out of fav- favor with with the wider gaming audience but i think there are still some some moments in that game that do a nice job with these things um talking about grief uh you mentioned what remains of edith finch that game it obviously deals with with grief and loss and it's a nice game that is that's a good game um did did you say you were going to do it as one of your 15 games um what remains of edith finch i i don't know maybe I, I can't remember if it's actually still in the list or not. Um, I'm not sure. I've played it a couple of times now. Um, and anyone that hasn't played that game, I recommend it. Because it is... It's not a very long game, is it? You've probably finished it in three no. to four hours. Yeah, I was going to say four hours. But it, it's, it's, it's an experience, that game. And it does kind of... You walk away from it um, thinking... I suppose the best word that I can use. It's not a game that will leave you with profound thoughts, but it is a game that kind of makes you walk away and will leave you thinking. Particularly um, the the bit in the cannery with her with her brother. Um, with her, you, you you've played it, haven't you? Yeah, I've completed it, but I completed it some years ago. It's now. the the bit with. Um, Again, touching on on mental illness and all that kind of stuff is the the bit with her brother in the cannery where he's um, cutting off cutting up the fish, and he's got yeah, this whole complex remember. that he thinks he's the king of his own world. Yeah, I do remember. Until yeah, he um in, in, until yeah, he, 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 I think he ends up killing himself. Oh, it's the idea of, of 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 grief in a family, and that game really nails the idea of having. Yeah, of, this place really feels lived in by a family and. 
uh, yeah, it, it does some nice things. And and the final one, which is a very very different one, uh, focusing on a very different, equally complex theme. Um, again, doesn't always quite nail it, but still does a nice nice job. I don't know if you. Well, I think I think you quite like it, um, Catherine, from uh, the makers of Persona. Oh, is that the, um, the one with the the two Catherines, Catherine with a C and Catherine with a K, and he's he's kind of his, not not sure who he one. wants to be with. Yeah, so that game really does a nice job of dealing with the ideas of uh, relationships and commitment, especially commitment, and it's got some some stuff that doesn't always it hasn't aged that well, yeah. but. It's still a good game, and actually, the the gameplay is really fun in that game as well. I think you'd like that, um, as you are a big fan of Persona Five. So uh, yeah, that's that that deals with a bit of a different one. I mean, I mean, actually, recording this episode, and this it's been a longer one than I thought it would be. I mean, there's so many games that do um, when you start to talk about them, and it's 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 interesting, and they tend to be in, uh, independent games, but you do get some larger games. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, I think, touches on it. And even though it isn't an obvious choice for that, but if you go, if your gameplay matches up with the, the story that Rockstar is really trying to tell, that game has a very strong theme of obviously redemption and trying to work out what it, what it means to be a good man or a good person um, in, in Arthur's journey. And that's probably one of the reasons why I, I like that game so much. Is... Well, the other the thing the thing that struck me about Red Dead Redemption Two, and another game I really like that again, maybe has fallen out of favour a bit with people, um, is the not very often explored well idea of mortality. Yeah. So that game has that, and so does Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah. And I think old age and mortality are so rarely done well i mean especially old age in games but i think those are two games that really do a nice job of it um and they don't hit you over the head necessarily i don't I know kojima hits you over the head with other things in that game but i think old snake is i love old snake and i think um, old snake's your favorite snake he's not necessarily my favorite snake but i really appreciate what they were doing there mm. but on that note We've had a very long conversation about Celeste and really got us talking. And um, I mean, I hope that we've um, dealed with these uh, the, these themes sensitively because um, I, I think we're quite sensitive to them. So um, hopefully that's come across. Um, so Celeste, it is number 94 near the end of the list. Honestly, oh, no, sorry, no, no, no. It's a number score 57, of isn't it? With a score of 94, number 57, so near the middle of the list, with a score of 94 on our list, does Celeste deserve its spot on the list? I think it deserves to be on the list. I think it's got a really important story to tell. I don't know if I'd put it as high as 54. Maybe I'd put it a little bit lower. Um, the gameplay is really good and it's tight. The story is what puts this game on the list for me I think and I I didn't know what to go into this game expecting because I didn't know anything about it other than you told me it was about climbing, climbing a mountain so I think um, coming out the other end of it I've 
actually recommended a few people to play this game since completing it because I think they oh, take a lot from interesting. it. So I'd say that it does deserve to be here. It's got its place. Maybe not, you know, in the fifties. Maybe a little bit lower in the sixties or seventies, perhaps. But yeah, I think it's um, I think it's got its place, and I think it's a game that more people should definitely experience. What What do you think? I th- I think it deserves to be on the list, and actually, I I think it deserves to be where it is. I think. And the reason I think that is because we've had this conversation and it's kind of gone places that I didn't expect it to go. Mm. And you come out of that game and it's memorable. Like, I've never forgotten the first time I played Celeste. And I won't forget the second time. It kind of... I'm not going to say it changes you or anything like that, but it it leaves its mark. And because of all the games that we've played on this list where we've, I mean, maybe not had... Um, the most profound conversations. Um, I just think any game that prompts you to think about things, to talk about things, it's got to be worth yeah fifty seven. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I I get that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that was that was Celeste. Okay. That was number forty nine. So what have we got coming up on the Long and Short of It podcast? So the next episode is episode fifty. We've um we've brought this up in a few previous episodes, and it's it's been common knowledge for a while. But game number fifty is going to be Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. I think we've both said in the past that this is probably one of our favourite games. Um, yeah, we we've both got a lot of experience with MGS Three, and I know you've completed it once already. Um, in preparation for the podcast, I'm about. About a quarter of the way through it, so oh, my second playthrough of it. <laughs> I think that's the first time of any of these games that I've done a back-to-back playthrough. I've only done it with, only done it with Persona. Yeah, I might have done it with. I can't remember. I don't know. But yeah, this is the only one that I remember I mean, you, doing it with. You did start playing um, Grim Fandango again straight away afterwards because you enjoyed that game so much. <laughs> I think not. No, that the game was all right. Actually, I, that's one of the games that I, I I would have preferred to have done later in the podcast because mm. I think with a bit of a bit more experience doing the podcast, the frustrating bits would still be frustrating. But yeah, it it, it does a lot of good things. That game as well. Sure. No, it, it was an interesting game. But yeah, next game will be MGS three. I think we're gonna try to get it out uh, the week after the release of this one, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. So keep an eye out for for that, um, episode 50. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com. As always, please feel free to get in touch. Send us your thoughts on you know anything that we've played, anything that you um, would like to discuss with us, games that you'd like us to cover in the future maybe. Um, and yeah, we we hope that you've enjoyed this episode it was um you know a, a bit more not serious in tone but it's, it's gone places that i don't think we, we thought it would um but I, i've enjoyed talking about thing. this game and yeah if you haven't played it i, I highly recommend it it's um it, it's an interesting one but yeah that's all from me for this week anything else from you 
games like this are important is what I think. Um, I just also want to mention that we're also going to be doing another special episode after MGS3 um, before we take about a month off um, where we, um, <laughs> we're going to be having a few drinks and we're going to be ranking the tier listing. 50 games mm. that we have played so far. Yeah, tier listing the games. So join us for that. That'll probably be a long one. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this one. And we'll see you next time for Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Cheerio. See you on the next one.